Welcome to Empowered Birth, Love, and Life. I am your host, Emmy Robin. I am a certified birth and postpartum doula, childbirth educator, and breastfeeding counselor. And I hope that by listening to this podcast that you feel empowered going forward in your journey with your upcoming birth, your relationship, or life as a new parent. So let's get started. Hello, hello, you guys. Today's episode is a Q&A. So I had lots of people ask some really fun questions and all of you wanted to remain anonymous. So that's cool. <laughs> we can do that. Um, so first off, uh, the first question, we'll just jump right into it. Uh, was about hormonal acne. So I get asked this all the time. When does it start? How do you fix it? Is it ever going to go away? Is it going to scar my baby's face? What is it from? All the questions, right? So hormonal acne is basically just the baby's hormones adjusting. Your hormones are coming out in your milk if you're breastfeeding. Um, and it usually starts around the two to four week mark. That's usually when you're going to see hormonal acne rear its little head. Um, and it's normal, you guys, super normal, just like a lot of things that happen with our newborn babies. And what I say is just if you can squirt out some breast milk, rub some breast milk on it. Um, breast milk is antibacterial, antiviral. So really all those pores that are, you know, just have a little bit of that extra oil in them, the sebaceous glands and the bacteria and all that that's happening. You can just rub some breast milk on it and it tends to help that acne clear up. Breast milk is amazing for everything, guys. Burns, cuts, scrapes, pink eye, <laughs> you name it. And hormonal acne is definitely on that. So when you do breast milk on, on it, it's obviously when it dries, it kind of looks it looks a little like glossy almost on when breast milk dries on the skin. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can you can wipe it off with a warm cloth the next time around. So just, you know, rub some acne on it or rub some acne, rub some, rub some breast milk on the acne. Um, you know, when you're breastfeeding, it's a great time because your milk's really coming out. It's easy to kind of just like, you know. Grab, a, grab some breast milk and rub it on there. And then, you know, the next time you go to breastfeed, get like a warm washcloth, wipe off the old breast milk and put fresh breast milk on it. And the hormonal, hormonal acne, I can't talk today, you guys, the hormonal acne will go away. So that's the first question. That was, I feel like easy. Um, the next question, what do you do when a baby gets their first cold? And they can't take medicine because they're under six months. This is a really great question. Um, you know, obviously, if you have a pediatrician, you can take your baby to the pediatrician. But most people, most parents freak out when their baby gets like their first respiratory virus. And if you're breastfeeding, you know, that's a big benefit of breastfeeding is you're actually giving baby the, um, you know, the antivirals to that virus, you know, you're, you're developing anti antibodies. So, um, it's great. Just keep breastfeeding. And what's really hard about those respiratory viruses is they can't breathe through their nose. So it makes them really frustrated because they can't 
breastfeed. It's really hard. And I used to tell people, you know, steam shower and then do the nose sucker, get some saline up there, you know, get the little, you know, Mama Frida has like a whole kit too. But, you know, you can get like the saline drops that go in the baby's nose or the spray, the little squirt spray. Sometimes it's hard to like put drops up their nose, but it's really important to keep it moist inside of there. Like, so basically the common, you know, mucus hates steam and hates water. Like the mucus, you know, if you do like a steam shower or you hold your face over, you know, a steaming pot, it's like, that's how you get rid of mucus, right? So if you're constantly sucking the baby's nose and you're sucking all that mucus out of there, but you're not replenishing the moisture inside of the nose, it's just gonna, it's gonna get really irritated and inflamed because you're constantly sucking that mucus out of the nose. So what I always suggest is if your baby is starting to get like a respiratory virus, well, I will say newborn babies are very stuffy all the time. It's super normal. I get videos and voice memos like you wouldn't believe. Is this normal? I think my baby has a cold. I'm like, no, that's normal newborn congestion. I'm actually going to put a video of my uh, first daughter up on my website. So hopefully by the time you listen to this episode, it'll be up there of like what a newborn sounds like what a normal newborn like <laughs> sorry if that's annoying but that's what they sound like they sound like they're constantly congested um and they sneeze a lot they sneeze a lot the first like 6 to 8 weeks and that's really for them to like clear their airways they're still trying to work out some of that fluid that's in there you know so just by nature it's normal for them to sneeze it's normal for them to be stuffy um, but when they have a real respiratory virus, you will know. They won't be able to breathe out of their nose, you know, and they'll probably be coughing. Their breathing will look really kind of labored. Um, it's when you see the the – if you look at their ribs, Google like videos of it. Like when babies get like true RSV, it'll like suck into the ribs. That's that's when it's like really dangerous. So that, those are things that you want to look for. Um, but – back to what you can do when they are stuffy and they do have respiratory virus, breastfeed, 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 breastfeed. This is super important. If you have a respiratory virus, but your baby hasn't gotten it yet, continue to breastfeed. That means that you are producing the antibodies and your baby probably won't get sick. Um, if they do get sick, then you can do steam showers, meaning you go into the bathroom, you plug up the door with a towel so that the, you know, the steam doesn't escape and you turn your shower on super high as hot as it can go and you sit in there for 20 minutes and you let the bathroom steam up now that's going to cost you a lot of money it's going to waste a lot of water so what i discovered on amazon there is an amazing nebulizer and if you have a respiratory virus that's really really bad and you end up taking your baby to the er the first thing they're going to do is nebulize them they're probably going to put a little bit of a steroid in there but for the most part it's saline so on my website under my registry recommendations i actually linked the nebulizer that i purchased and then the little saline 
packs. It comes with like a hundred saline sticks. Um, it's in inhalation saline, so it's different than just regular saline. Um, and it goes in the nebulizer, and it's so easy. You just keep it plugged in, and you just open one of those little sticks. You squirt it in there, and then you turn the machine on. And it has a little baby attachment, and then it has an adult attachment. So if both of you are struggling, you can nebulize you. You can nebulize the baby. And what I do is I nebulize them, you know, with a whole stick. I let the the whole – it's like a little bit of fluid. It's just a little bit of fluid. So the nebulizer is probably going to run for, you know, five, ten minutes before all that fluid's gone. You really only nebulize for like a little bit. But they – I mean, it's a cold steam and it feels really good to them and it will help break up that mucus inside the nose. Then I really love the Mama Frida nose sucker, but sometimes that's hard. You need to have like two hands to do it. So I have an electronic nose sucker that I put on my registry recommendations in my website. Um, it makes, you know, it lights up and it plays down the little train goes choo choo choo. So, you know, if you start doing it when they're young, they might love the nose sucker. It might become fun, but some babies are really scared of that. So no baby really likes to have their nose sucked they scream and cry when you do it. So just know that that's also normal, but you do need to clear their their nasal passage in order for them to breathe while they're breastfeeding. So I suggest nebulize them or steam shower or whatever you got to do. If you're nebulizing them, you don't necessarily have to do the saline drops because basically what that is, is saline steam going inside of their nose. So it's moistening it up really nicely. And then you nose suck them. So you suck out all that snot, however you want to do it. If you want to do the nose Frida, cool. If you want to do an electronic one, cool. Um, And then I say, put them on the breast and put another stick of saline in the nebulizer and nebulize them, like hold it. I don't ever put it right on their face, right? I just kind of hold it to where I see the steams really going into their nose. And like I said, both of my girls absolutely love it. Um, most babies do. They're kind of like, oh, this feels so good because it's like a cold steam going where like they're inflamed, you know? Um, and so I put the baby on the breast and then I nebulize while the baby's on the breast because they're trying to breathe out of their nose. So you really get them to breathe out of their nose and it's really nice. And so you just nebulize over and over and over again with that saline. So you saline nebulize before you nose suck, then you nose suck, then you put them on the breast while you're nebulizing again. That's kind of my little routine. Um, it should help baby recover from said virus, <laughs> respiratory virus, but um, yeah, that's, that's amazing. If your baby is over six months old, I highly recommend Highlands. It's a, a homeopathic, um, kind of, you know, cold medicine. And if they have a cough and I believe it's over a year old, you can start using Zarbies, um, Zarbies for babies. So make sure you're getting the correct one and you're not getting the adult one, but that is honey. It's made out of honey. So they always recommend not giving that to babies. Um, but at one year old, you know, if they do have a really bad cough, like your toddler does, I, I love Highlands and Zarbies. Those are like my two go-tos with my toddler. Um, but if it's a baby, um, you know, under six months, yeah, like I said, just nebulize, nose suck, breast milk. That's, that is your nature's medicine. And if they're over six months, you, there is a Highlands that starts around six months um, that you can give them just for, they have a daytime and a nighttime. Um and around three months, they have Dr. Talbot's teething chamomile tablets. Um, they are like they dissolve in their mouth. So if your baby is at least three months old and you want to help them kind of just kind of 
calm down at night, you can give them um, those tablets um, just to help ease them. So yeah, that's how you kind of get through their first little cold virus. Um, but like I said, I'm going to put a video of my daughter going <laughs> up on my website so you can kind of see um, what's normal. What's a what's a normal newborn baby sound like? Um, gunky eyes. This is something that happens to some babies. Um, they get like yellow gunky eyes. If it continues to happen like every single time that they wake up, you notice that their eyes are like super gunky. Um, sometimes that's just like a clogged tear duct. And um, you can, there's like a video on YouTube. You can, you can look it up how to massage a clogged, cl- clogged tear duct. But basically you put a really warm washcloth on the eye to kind of open the pore. And then you take your pinky and you rub from the nose towards the tear duct very lightly. And that kind of helps the, um, the clog kind of dislodge. And then I always say squirt some breast milk in the eye. The breast milk will help kind of alleviate that and get rid of any bacterial growth or anything that's um, causing the clogged tear duct. But yeah, I always do warm washcloth on the eye, then a light massage with the pinky from the nose towards the tear duct. And then uh, you can look at, you can YouTube that video. I might even do one for Instagram. This is a little inspiring. Um, and then, yeah. And then also squirt some breast milk in those eyes. I'm telling y'all, if they got an eye infection, pink eye, your seven-year-old has a pink eye and you're breastfeeding your baby, get some get some breast milk in that eye. <laughs> get it in a syringe or a dropper and see if, you know, they'll let you put uh, breast milk over and over in their eyes. But yeah, I always just say, you know, warm washcloth and breast milk will hopefully alleviate the clogged duct. Usually they stop by about four months. Um, if around four months, it's still really gooky, it's red, it's, you know, you, know, you can take them to the pediatrician. Uh, but sometimes you might need a little bit of further help to unclog that that tear duct. But usually by four months, it resolves itself. Um, witching hours. This is a great question. What is a witching hour and how do I know that that's what's happening? So your baby creates patterns, right? And a lot of people will miss, like, miss, what is the word? Why can I not think today, y'all? Mom brain. Um they'll misdiagnose, I guess I'll just say that. That's not the word I was looking for, but they'll say that their baby is colicky because my baby just cries for two hours straight and I just can't settle them. Well, my baby's witching hour is from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. And I, my husband and I would just switch off like humming and rocking her and I'd breastfeed her. And I found that I was like over breastfeeding her and she was getting really uncomfortable and really gassy. And that's why she was crying. But every time I would hold her, she wanted my boob. She would just like, (laughs) you know, and it's like, that's, actually the 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 next question gas or hungry so i'm going to kind of do these together in one uh does my baby have gas or is it hungry and how do i know the difference so the baby will use the breast anytime they're having discomfort if they're having growing pains from you know a growth spurt a leap they're going to cluster feed basically they need that breast milk to grow but also they're using your breast especially at nighttime this is why sleep training kind of is, is not my jam. <clears throat> but yeah, they use your 
breast for comfort. And that's, if you continue to breastfeed into the toddlerhood, that's what's going to happen. They're going to, um, you know, they're going to use it if they fall and bump their head or any like that. So when babies have discomfort from gas, they will still continue to breastfeed. And then they're just like making it worse. They're just like overfilling themselves. So if your baby has eaten at your breast for a while and then they're still screaming, crying, and you're like, are you still hungry? And you're putting them back at the breast, really try to burp them and then try to ease their lower abdominal gas. So um, doing, you know, clockwise massage on their belly um, and then, you know, in and out with their legs in and out like a couple of times and then bicycling the legs. And sometimes you can really help them pass gas that way and their, their discomfort will ease a little bit. Um, but people do tend to overfeed their babies, especially if you're bottle feeding and if you're formula feeding. So, um, just know that if your baby seems like they're still hungry and you're like, giving them more bottles and giving them more. It's like, that's not going to solve the problem. Sometimes your baby's just gassy. And then also it might just be the witching hour. So do we know what causes witching hour? I don't know. Is there a study out there that knows like really what babies are thinking or doing or why they do? I mean, I don't know all these studies. It's like, how do you know? How do you know? Nobody can get inside of a baby's brain. They can't really know. They can just kind of guess, right? But in my opinion, a witching hour is just kind of like, you know, at nighttime when I was pregnant, that's when she would, I would literally like want, be so tired and I would want to go to bed and I would go lay down at 830 and I would like fall asleep and then boom, at 9 PM, I would wake up and she would be doing karate in my stomach, like just gymnastics, karate, kicking me, turning, tossing It's like for two hours. And then around 11 PM, she would go to sleep. So I would just like get on my phone and like, you know, look at Instagram or whatever. And then like eventually when she would stop, I would go to sleep. So they create patterns in your stomach when you're pregnant with them, you know, and follow those patterns. Because if you find that your baby is like really wide awake at one specific time of the day, that's probably going to be their witching hour, right? So that's just when her brain kicks in and it, the witching hour tends to die down again around four months right? So the newborn phase, you know, they say is the first three months. I say it's really like the first four months. And then you finally get like to this comfort stage and then they have that four month regression, right? But also understanding that all of this is temporary. So, you know, you can get through it. It's fine. But yeah, a witching hour sucks. <laughs> some babies have them, some babies don't. But if you notice that your baby is getting really fussy at like 7 p.m. or 4 p.m. and they scream and cry for two hours and there's like nothing you can do and you're passing the baby off to everybody you know and everybody's trying their tricks and nothing is making them stop and then you put them back on the boob or you try to give them a bottle, just understand that that's a witching hour and witching hours do subside. It's not forever. It feels like it's forever when you're in it as a new mom or new dad. But I promise like if you can just breathe through it, this is usually when people shake the baby. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen the Nate Bargetsy. He's my favorite comic. He's a super clean comic. He doesn't cuss. Um, He's very Christian. So if you're into that and you want to watch, just Google Nate Bargetsy don't shake the baby. It is the funniest three minute skit ever. But yeah, it's, it's like usually when you're losing your mind 
is during their witching hour. And a lot of people will misconstrue that as misconstrue. Is that the word I was looking for? As um, colicky, right? And I mean, do I think there's colic babies out there? Yes, maybe. But I also believe that there's a, a discomfort that needs to be settled. So whether they just want to be held and they don't want to be put in a bassinet, and they just want to be on you. Guess what? That's biologically normal. Or it's their witching hour and it's time for them to scream for two hours. Guess what? It's temporary. It'll go away. They don't need gripe water. They don't need this. They don't need that. Or if it is gas, again, they don't need the gripe water. You just try to figure out how to help them poop, poot and burp, poot and burp. Um, and then again, people are like tend to overfeed at that point because they're just like, they're hungry, you know? Yes, there are cluster feeding stages and there are cluster feeding sessions, but usually they'll feed, feed, feed and go to sleep, feed, feed, feed and go to sleep. And they'll wake up like 10, 20 minutes later. They won't like feed, feed, feed and keep screaming and feed, feed, feed and keep screaming. That's either you know, gas or something else. And that's usually when moms are like, I don't think I'm providing enough, you know, and I'm like, or your baby's just really gassy and they're having a witching hour. <laughs> and that's when I say, get on a pump, see how much comes out when you pump. Um, that'll tell you right then and there if you are or not producing enough. So, I mean, seriously, I could get so ADD with these Q and A episodes, but the last two did kind of go together. Witching hour, is it gas or are they hungry? Right. And you don't know until you kind of figure out your baby's cues. And all of it is about just trusting that everything that's happening is normal. Your baby is not going crazy. You don't need your pediatrician right then and there because your baby just cries every, you know, every night you can figure it out or get with, um, you know, get with a doula. We're really good at just like kind of helping you with what's normal, what's not. And, you know, if you're having problems with breastfeeding, get with a lactation consultant. They are really, really great at helping you figure out different things. Is your baby taking in too much gas and air when they're breastfeeding? Is the latch loose? Are they you know, are they, is, are, are you not pace bottle feeding? If you're going back to work, you know, is like somebody just like downing your baby with liquid. <laughs> so these are, these are things, you know, that can help solve issues. Not everything is reflux and not everything is like the end of the world, right? It's a lot of things are normal. And I'm actually going to have that as one of my podcasts coming up. Um, how to dispel worry and unlock joy as a new mother, because I feel that it is an overwhelming um, abundance of worry that I just get from moms. And I am just hoping with this podcast that I can empower you and help you unlock joy as a new mom. So these Q&A ones are really fun for me because I get to go back and kind of see questions that past clients have asked or new questions that I'm getting on Instagram, on my website. Please reach out if you have any questions. I will definitely answer you. Just go to my website, contact me. Um, go to my Instagram at Emmy Robin Dula, uh, or Facebook at Emmy Robin Dula, and I will answer you. I will get back to you and I will answer your questions. Um, I love you guys. Thank you so much for all your support. This is episode 10. You know, I hear when people start a podcast that it's very rare that they'll make it past episode 10. And if they do, then they'll keep going. So 
I made it, you guys. I made it to episode 10. And um, I have many, many more coming after this. So I love you so much. Thank you so much for listening. And again, if you have questions or questions about these questions <laughs> or questions about my answers that I've questioned, please reach out to me, emmyrobindula.com. Uh, again, I have a really great um, childbirth education course there. Uh, it's super affordable. You guys, it's like way cheaper than anybody else is charging out there. And then I also have, um, a free breastfeeding course under the breastfeeding page. So I love you so much. Remember, trust your body and trust your baby.